Welcome into the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray, a locally produced program devoted to bringing you a fresh perspective on housing, diving into the issues that matter most. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. And now, Kevin Ray. Welcome into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray. I'm your host. I'm here with Mark Griffith, our executive producer and co-host. Thank you for joining us here on the Housing Hour. We're grateful for the opportunity to speak into your life today. Hopefully, we'll add some value to it. And uh, we want to get started with some important information. Number one, uh, we want to tell you how to connect with us. You can find us at thehousinghour.com. That's where you're going to find the treasure trove of information. Lots of good data there. Love for you to go check it out. Um, You can also learn more about our current guest and our past guest and also share this show with friends and family. We'd love for you to do that as well. Um, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash the housing hour, as well as Twitter at the housing hour. And Mark is on Pinterest, right? Mark? I love Pinterest, he right? Loves it. He pins away. That has been ongoing joke now for five or six years. Um, I don't think he's ever even logged into Pinterest, although I love Pinterest. Myself, Actually, personally. I have logged in. I just haven't figured it out from there. <laughs> Well, today um, we're talking. We we are so blessed as a as a radio show to have such incredible guests and and people who help us find those. So, Mark, um, alongside of Kim Miller, um, has found and they work together. Kim and uh, uh, Doctor DeFranco have worked together, same company. Um, but she was kind enough to get him on again. Now, Kim works for ArchMI. It's a company that we work with a lot. She does a great job for our for our clients. Also, um, internally, she has great relationships with Mortgage Investors Group. And Dr. DeFranco, Dr. Ralph DeFranco, is part of her company that offers um, really forecasting the economy, what's going to happen in housing, trends, what's going good, what's not going good. He um, really is going to help us to diagnose, if you will, the doctor is in the house, uh, what is going on. So Dr. DeFranco and Kim sitting here side by side with us, she's going to be talking more in the last segment. But thank you, Kim, first of all, for coming in. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And Dr. DeFranco, thank you so much for stopping in. Always a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. So there has been so much going on. I I feel like right now the economy and the whole entire government is a reality TV show. (laughs) Do you, I mean, am I wrong? Is it not kind of what it feels like? And and there's so much going on, but can you just give us sort of the 30,000 foot view of what's going on right now? Well, I'd be glad to. So the housing market is red hot. There's a shortage of housing across the country. Uh, some markets like Nashville are hotter than others. The uh, job market is extremely strong. Nashville, well, uh, Tennessee uh, is one, has one of the lowest unemployment rates in the nation. It's under 3%. Mm. And uh, so, you know, the economy is firing finally after, after a very long slog. It's now finally firing on all cylinders, which, which is great news for the housing market. Mm-hmm. But what it's doing is it's hard for first-time home buyers because there's not much out there. And also, uh, interest rates have started to move up. So, affordability is, is, is uh, has deteriorated over the last quarter. And I, I, I predict it's going to actually get much worse over the next uh, year. So, Let it's a better time to buy now than later. Let me stop you right there, because that's a very, very good point for people to, to consider. Because, as you point out, the home market right now is, is hot. And 
for those people that are out there on the fence thinking that that they're going to just wait till that white picket fence perfect home comes available guess what it it may not (laughs) it may not so i guess i just the reason i wanted to stop you there is because you make such a valid and important point for people that are out there thinking about buying and this isn't um something to try to get you off the fence it's to give you information which hopefully will help you to make the right decision and because in in a year from now we don't know where rates are going to be and i know we're going to talk more about that but you don't know where the stock or what the inventory is going to look like you already just mentioned that the inventory is low and you mentioned that last time we spoke so that hasn't improved any even with the housing hour which millions of people listen to so so I just wanted to stick on that point for a minute and maybe unpack that a little bit more because the value of homes. Now, let me ask you this. Are the value of homes going to continue to go up when the as the interest rates rise and as the inventory um, pinches with homeowners? How do you see the, the forecast for that? Right. So I went back on the historical record on this recently because uh, we're actually predicting that the uh, the monthly payment that you would need to, to cover buying the median house would actually go up something like 15 to 20% this year if, if um, home prices go up another 5% and if interest rates go up another uh, half or three-fourths of a percent. And so mm-hmm. what, what the historical record shows is that actually will just slow home price growth. It will not cause home prices to fall. And I think in, uh, it, uh, given home prices are growing too fast right now anyway, they're growing nationally about 6%. Whereas wages are going two, three percent, uh, that's um, you know it could use some cooling, but it's uh, the, the shortage of housing is, is a fundamental problem. We, we we basically are building roughly a million uh, new homes and uh, apartments a year. We need about one point three million. So we're still underbuilt. We've been underbuilt for for seven or eight years. Uh, so you know that's that's going to keep pushing home prices up. Let, let me let me step out real quick and ask Mark a question. So that I can see this and you guys can see this from a local perspective and not that you don't know the local numbers, doctor, I know you do, but Mark, when you look out there and you drive the same way to work that I do and you go home the same way that I do in a market like this, I'm just, I don't see that many homes out there on the market. I mean, that's because they're being sold before they hit the market. But a lot of times, if you don't get pre-qualified with your agent, um, in advance, Mm -hmm. uh, you, that house is sold before it even gets a day on the market. A lot of times, that's what happens. But like uh, I do, I do, I run some, mm-hmm. and when I'm running through neighborhoods, for instance, Whittington Creek, just as an example, and Whittington Creek, um, Doctor DeFranco is a nice neighborhood. It's in West Knoxville. You may even know of it. But there's normally, I mean, you normally there's fifteen, twenty homes on the market just on my run. You know, it's just not there right now. So here's my question, and this is for Mark, for Kim, or anybody, um, doctor. Um, why is it that people have resisted? Because I know that there's people out there that want to sell. Is there still people that feel disenfranchised from 2008, 2009 when they they couldn't sell their home? Is there any statistics that will help us with that? Understand it, I guess. Dr. DeFranco, what's what's your take on that? Sure. So that's a tricky one. So let's unpack it. There, there's there's first time home buyers that adds to demand, and then there's also people that move up. So you're referring to somebody who may already own a home, 
and would like to switch to to uh, mm-hmm. a property they prefer something right. much nicer. Maybe maybe uh, maybe they want to downsize. Maybe they want something with right. a bigger yard. You know th- that type of person. Right, right. Right. So it was uh, it was hard to get a uh, contingency loan. So maybe you can speak to that a little bit. Uh, it, it, it's a little bit difficult to to um, time it well mm-hmm. with, with such low inventory. And so that that could be one issue. The other thing is people are just moving less. The the, the trend in America has been people staying longer in a home. Uh, so so just the amount of churn is, is less than it's ever been. And now with interest rates starting to head up, people who who have a four percent interest rate, or sorry sorry three and a half percent interest rate, when rates go up to four five percent eventually, they're uh, they're going to have a big financial incentive not to move. So the problem's only going to get worse It'd be just because of the interest rate. Uh, yeah, moving up. That's a good point, Mark. What are your thoughts? Well, I think I think that's probably it because uh, a lot of folks have just decided to stay in the house. You don't see the step up buyers in uh, the mom and dads are staying in their homes. I'm one of them. I'm an empty I'm nester. One of them as well. You know, and yep. I haven't sold. Why? Why haven't I downsized? Because you know, I've got I've got the house paid off. Why and should I? To Ralph's point as well. I mean, and I'm seeing in the marketplace, people are afraid to put their houses on the market. They want to move up in house, but they're afraid that they won't have the house or it won't be on the market. The new house won't be there or they don't have as much to choose from. So, yeah. And, you Excellent know, point. the statistic, the last one that I see, and I'm sure there's a more current one, but from 2008, when the average time someone was in a home to today, it has really skyrocketed. I mean, it's, do you have numbers, those numbers, or are those numbers out there? Uh it's, uh, skyrocketed. I'm sorry. What was, what was well, like, let's say back in the day, I mean, I remember in 2006, 2005, I'd have people come back to me uh, in three years and say, yeah, we're looking, you know, we're looking to buy another home. That that stat has increased. So the average time someone lives in a home, whereas maybe uh, it was seven years now, I mean, it's pushed up. I mean, it's in the it's in the 12, 13, 14 range, isn't it? Uh, I don't think it's that bad, but it, it, it is it is twice as long as it was a generation ago. So it's been it's been relentlessly. Uh, people are less restless. They're they're less likely to move to another state. They're less likely to move within a state. That's still true, even with the uh, economy picking up, which which was surprising. It was understandable. It slowed down when when the job market was terrible, and people's uh, homes were underwater. Perhaps where mm-hmm. it was hard to, you know, you couldn't sell your house for what the mortgage was. But that's that's turned around for for most people. And yet they're they're not moving. So it is a it is a bit of a surprise to economists. And it's, it, yeah, it's a record low. So there are some surveys on that. I don't have well, that, no, that's okay. No, that's good. I mean, you have some good news coming out of this first segment. Home prices are going to cool a little, so that's a good thing. But we're going to continue this conversation right after these messages. Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. Again, Kevin Ray and Mark Griffith, our executive producer and co-host, Kim Miller with RGMI. And I'd like to turn the mic over to Mark. He had a very good question off air. I'd like for him to expand on that. Yes, uh, Dr. DeFranco, back in the winter hammer report, the winter 2018 hammer report, you came up with a model, uh, the home value index. It kind of like perhaps predicts bubbles going forward. 
Um, it certainly does a great job of looking at the bubbles going backwards. So I think if you look at your 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 model there, it looks like in this the the national average is there's a evaluation issue going on with homes, but it doesn't necessarily point to a bubble yet. What's your t- opinion of the model that you came up with? Right. So so you're referring to it's, it's available at, uh, for free at archmi.com slash hammer, H-A-M-M-R. So what you're talking about is, is our uh, – we actually put out there an estimate of what we think home prices would be if they followed the historical relationship with incomes. And then you, from that you can figure out – or we actually present how over undervalued each uh, metro and, and state is. And so for the U.S. overall, we think it's about 3% overvalued, but that's nothing compared to – Right. Uh, 2005, it was 20% overvalued, and then overcorrected 12% too far too far on the downside uh, by 2012, which is where things bottomed out. So, so you know, 3% over is really nothing. Let's call it fair value uh, for the U.S. And it, the model is simple. It doesn't it doesn't it doesn't account for things like the low inventory of homes out there. It's a, it does an excellent job, and mm-hmm. I and it's kind of exciting to see that little blip of valuation finally, you know, starting to rise above that. Um, but do you see any? So you don't see foresee any bubbles in any particular market across the United States. Well, we are getting concerned. Uh, Texas looks pretty overvalued by its historical norms, but it's still affordable relative to coastal cities. And there's actually a good number of people moving to Texas from from uh, California, so that that could be pushing up prices. Also. Uh, Denver, Portland look crazy high compared to their past. So there's there's areas of concern. To me, a bubble is hard to measure uh, with a model because it would take basically home prices being overvalued and a psychology that you need to buy today or you're going to uh, be priced out later. In fact, maybe you should buy something you shouldn't even buy. Uh, you shouldn't really you can't even really afford today because you'll get rich off it. And how do you know that? That's, a, that's sort of a psychological question. I don't think we're there because. Uh, for one thing, lending guidelines are so incredibly tight nationwide that, uh, you know, it's a different world than it was during the, la- the, the madness that led to the last uh, housing bubble is not, not here. And, uh, you know, the shortage of homes means that there is a fundamental reason for home prices growth to be going up. So, so I think altogether, I don't, I'm not too concerned about a bubble, uh, even, even in Nashville, even though it's, it's, uh, it's run up quite a bit. It's, it's now a, a, a booming city. So. Well, see, this is good information. This is very important, too, because I think there's a lot of people that get scared that we're going to see the same thing happen again that happened in 2008, 2009. And and what I hear you saying, and you've been pretty consistent since I've met you, um, that there is nothing on the horizon. And it's not as if you would, you know, fake the numbers to make it not appear that way. You're just calling it as it is. And you're calling balls and strikes. Now, there's some people that, you know, might see a strike um, and it's really a ball, but you're, you're pretty much calling it like you feel you see it. And there are some areas you point out in Texas and Tacoma, Washington is one of the, the top uh, cities that you suggest might um, have the affordability decline or, or worsen the fastest. But even then, when you look at w- Tacoma, poor little Tacoma, who made the top of your list, I mean, it's not terrible. I mean, you know, if you if you're if, if, if I understand it correctly, you're suggesting that quarter four 2017, a payment might be eighteen hundred and fifty three dollars. And then in quarter one, you're suggesting it would go up by about six percent to uh, 1975. Is that correct? Is that what well, am I reading that correctly? You are, yeah. Okay, so, so, so that's not that big of a job. An article I'm about to um, publish. It's not quite out yet. But what we're looking at is 
what's the monthly payment needs to buy a house? So, so if, mm-hmm. you, if you were to buy the uh, median home in, say, Memphis, your your monthly payments, and let's say you, you put 10% down, your monthly payments would probably be something like $1,000 a month. Mm-hmm. We're predicting by the end of the year that that could be an additional 10% higher. So, so you'd actually be out, you would actually take $1,100 a month in mortgage on mm-hmm. the same mortgage, just the same 30-year fixed rate mortgage, just because interest rates have gone up and we think home prices are going to go up. So, uh, you know, of course, interest rates are hard to predict. They, they can go either way. But the Federal Reserve has indicated they, they would like to raise interest rates three or more times this year. So that should translate into a half percent or so higher uh, mortgage interest rates. And but, so, you know, the, the sort of stated intention is to, is to move interest rates up, which makes uh, sense to all economists just because the uh, economy is so strong. Interest rates should should be higher. I, I'm, I'm going to tell you, we are in a... I mean, I hear what you're saying. I remember when I first started, I sound like my dad. I really feel like my dad right now. He's like, you know, I used to walk to work both ways uphill. But I really do remember when I first started and, and rates were at six and three eighths, six and a half. Now, when Mark first started, it was during Jimmy Carter. For just, just after that. 18, 18% <laughs> or whatever. But I mean, we're, you know, six and three eighths. That was like, and I remember when it came down to 6%, everybody was like, look at this. This is incredible. Guys, our rates are still in the fours. But, you know, that you bring up. Am I right? uh, right? No, you're absolutely right. But And one of the the things I want to ask Dr. DeFranco about, because, Mm -hmm. you know, he talks about this is a great economy. It's a hot economy. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a hot market. Everything's, you know, we have. Uh, good job growth, mm-hmm. but we we don't ha- we have a little wage growth. Yeah, that, we, that's a good question. And we don't actually. have inflation, so yeah. I, and inflation's always been a negative thing for our interest rates in our market. So we always kind of afraid of that because the fixed assets, you know, lose their value. What do you? Why is inflation still so low if things are so hot right. and steamy? Yeah, good question. Yeah, well, some of it is uh, we're we're competing against global uh, companies, so. So manufacturing is basically global, and there's just enough people out there who will work for very low wages that that's, that's kind of keeping a lid on uh, wage growth. It's very difficult for, if you work in a factory, to, to unionize and demand twice as much pay. It's just not going to happen. They're just going to close the thing down and move the jobs to uh, some other country. So, so that's, that's been probably the number one regulator on it. Um, but it, it, we do see some evidence that wages are growth is starting to pick up now that, that wages are, are so low. In fact, we're seeing it the most with um, people who be potential first-time home buyers. So young people uh, in, in their, their late 20s and early 30s are seeing, seeing the most rapid uh, wage growth. And in part, they're, getting, they're doing that by, by switching jobs because the market's so hot. And so that, that's encouraging. We should, we, we're, uh, we're thinking that more um, young people are going to become homeowners than, than have been over the last couple of years. The trend seems to be upwards. I hope so. I mm-hmm. hope so, because that is one of the... Now, I mean, MIG, of course, we do a lot of first-time homebuyer loans, but um, I think you're right in that people who are in that millennial sort of uh, time frame or age bracket, it seems like they're continuing to want to rent um, or live in mom and dad's basement, I guess. I don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But yeah. there's this tendency, I think, in that that is because their parents or they saw their parents lose a fortune in 2008, you know, with their 401ks, you know, declining. I remember the horror stories, you know, it was sort of our, you know, it wasn't a great depression, but it was, you know, it was a great recession, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that takes some psychological 
um, tolls on people. And the people who were going through that in 2008, I mean, you, you consider now where we are already in 2018. So we're talking 10 years ago. Those kids were in such an impressionable age at, at 12, 13 years old. And they remember that. They remember that. Oh, you know, we're not buying ever again, you know. So that, I think, isn't even able to be applied to the statistics or in any equation or formula. And then uh, maybe this is for the other side of the break, Mm -hmm. but uh, ask Dr. DeFranco, I mean, with all of that, things are moving and humming along, and all of a sudden we get hit with some tariffs that are going across Mm -hmm. the globe. And I wonder, wonder the impact of the tariffs to housing or housing industry. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's something. That I'm sure China will say, well, that's great. Well, let me buy more of your mortgage backed securities since you're tariffing us. I don't even know exactly what y'all are talking about, but I know that, that it's not probably the healthiest, uh, concept in the world but we'll get dr franco's judgment on that and i tell you um there's so much going on with the tax bill we're talking about you know all of the legislation that's hanging in the balance you know i'm looking over here at the news right now and you know donald trump's up there firing somebody on twitter i mean it's just it's incredible what all is happening and for us, in like in the mortgage industry, and Kim and myself, Mark, Dr. DeFranco, you know, sort of helping us and seeing what's going on, you know, there's so many moving parts. And that's why we're so thankful for people like Dr. DeFranco that can help us to see things where they are and, and look at it from a scientific method stand up standpoint, because that's really what we need. We need somebody to look at the, where we are, look at the trends and take the, you know, an unbiased look at what is really going on because left to our own devices and left to um, our own um, interpretations, it's very difficult to hone in and to crystallize for us a factual uh, model because we just, we just have too much emotion involved in it. Um, So that's really great. And so I appreciate what he's providing to us today. And we're definitely excited about continuing this conversation with Dr. Franco. We're here also uh, with Kim Miller and Mark Griffith, executive producer and co-host extraordinaire. Adam, he's a pretty good producer as well. We'll be right back after these messages. Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray, your grateful host here with Mark Griffith, executive producer and co-host. This show is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. You can find more about them at MIGonline.com. Um, you can also dial us up, 1-800-489-8910 find the office nearest you we'll get you connected trusted advisor right one phone call away we have a trusted advisor on the phone with us right now dr defranco he's giving us the insider's look uh sort of a uh overview of where he sees housing and the trends that are going on um even though this is what he looks at he knows a lot about a lot of things um but you were talking mark a moment ago and I'd like to circle back to that Um, with all of the reporting that we currently have. The state of the union in housing is healthy. Um, What would you need to see or what do you look for specifically 
Comparing apples to apples is hard, I know. So we're looking, if we think back in 2006, I remember you telling us on the show that the, the, the signals were there for a bubble, if, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. The, sure. same, the same formulas that you were using currently were the same formulas that were being used back then, right? Yes. Yep. So, so that should keep everybody in a positive mood because there's, there's not those same indicators that are occurring right now. But what, tell us again, even though it's back to basics, what are the things that you look for? And this may be rehashing what you've already said, but for the person, and I just got sugar in me, so maybe it was that was the reason I need I can hear it now. But what what are the key indicators for people to be looking for? Sure. Okay. So I'm glad glad you asked me this because I wanted to return to it. There really should be no reason to fear a bubble right now. What what? Uh, yes, prices are up from what they were five years ago, but that's because they got underpriced back then. Mm. What, what's the way? The best way to look at it is. What percentage of your income does it take to buy a home? And also, what is rent versus what is your monthly payment versus what's your rent going to be? Okay, those are sort of the basic norms of looking at this. By those measures, home prices are below the pre-crisis uh, levels. So, so basically, home prices are ten to twenty percent more affordable than they were uh, through the nineteen nineties, all the way up to two thousand four or five when things started getting stupid. So mm-hmm. th- that uh, uh, isn't going to last because there's a shortage of homes. And so home prices will continue to go, go up faster than incomes, and we're seeing um, interest rates trending up. So those two things, I expect we're going to get right back to the norms. Uh, and so your monthly payments are going to be another 10 or 15% higher. I don't know if it's one year out, two years out. But at some point out, it's going to be uh, you're going to wish that uh, you'd need to jump now if, you, if you're sitting on the fence because so- the um, – so, so one is just looking at what's 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 the actual monthly payment relative to income. So, so that's so so that way you you adjust for inflation. If you just look at the payment or the home prices, it doesn't really tell you much because we're easily fooled by uh, the fact that a dollar today is not the same thing as a dollar twenty years ago. And in fact, uh, yes, home prices nationally have hit new record highs, but that actually is not true once you adjust for inflation. So, we're actually, home prices are still ten percent below their previous peak. Once you take care of, uh, once you once you subtract out inflation for that number, so so both both in, in uh, you know inflation adjusted terms and in terms of affordability, what's the actual percentage of your income you need to buy a home? It actually looks pretty decent. It, it looks below what uh, we would consider normal. So, so even if things worsen, no even if the affordability worsens fifteen percent, which is your top end estimate, then that would really mean that we're back to normal. Yes, if you like back to the average um, percentage of your income that you would need to buy a house, the, the percentage of the median person's income that would need to buy the median house to be more technical. That's mm. not how I do the calculations. And so by, by that measure, um, uh, yeah, we're about 15, 20% below norms. Mm-hmm. But we're going to get to normal levels pretty quickly. And by normal, I mean the average from 1987 through 2004. So mm-hmm. very, very, you know, 15 more uh, plus years. Right. Well, the reason that I think that through is because the person that's out there that wants to get, I mean, I feel like I'm, you know, saying the same thing over and over, but it is so true. This is sort of like the blue light special is what it is. So the longer that we wait, the 
closer that the manager is going to have the sales associates pulling off the stickers because it's going to go back to normal prices. That doesn't mean that they're not still a valuable thing. I mean, everybody still needs a home. But if you want to get a discount and this is the time, you know, spring has sprung, if you, if you will. And this is a time to go in and buy. And, and, and Mark, you've got three or four homes. Um, are you thinking about buying some other homes? Probably not at this time, <laughs> yeah. but you, you never know. But one of the things I get asked a lot is uh, some of the things that this current administration does, is it going to impact our market? Is it going to impact the housing industry? Some of the right. things that are going on right now, tariffs, Dr. DeFranco, uh-huh. it, will that have an sure. impact on homes? I think it's a slight negative for Tennessee overall because so what's going to happen is so there's, there's a 10% uh, tariff on aluminum, a 25% tariff on imported steel. And so that sounds good. I like the idea of, of trying to protect American jobs. I'm, I'm, I'm all for manufacturing in the U.S., but the problem is it's only on the raw material, and so it, it, but it's not on the finished goods. So if you make a car here in the United States, it's now going to cost $300 more than it did before the tariffs. But it's not $300 more. Didn't it still make it in Japan, Korea, uh, Germany? And so... What we're doing is losing manufacturing jobs within the U.S., which is that's why I mean it hurts Tennessee is to have manufacturing plants uh, in autos and so on. And so, so you know, this if you're going to do tariffs, you ought to be either broader or not at all. It's, what it's done is by uh, you know you just it's 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 very difficult to put a tiny little roadblock in the way of the markets. They just tend to move right around them. <laughs> But you know uh, you have you have yeah. Larry Kudrow or Kudlow, whatever his name is, who's the new advisor to the president. Kudlow, yeah. yes, right. and um, he's well known for his uh, theory and his his you know disdain for what China has done to manipulate the mm-hmm. markets. Sure. And so sure. his his philosophy, if Trump were to listen to it, which I mean, if he's hired him as his advisor, I'd say he, he might. Um, tariffs, yeah. right. you know, right. President Trump came back to Congress and said, no, that's not enough. I want higher. I want them higher. You know, he was like, yeah. he was like, no, I want you to go back. I want those tariffs to go up. It, it was like, I can't remember the number. It was like $15 billion or something. I can't remember, but, but he's wanting to go back and double down on the, on the tariffs. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. No, he's, th- th- there's definitely the hardliners, you know, so, so uh, the, the, the moderates have left the administration where now have the hardliners on, on trade. And so I would expect, penalties on, on Chinese goods. Well, then they'll just be, be manufactured in Vietnam. I mean, it's, again, sort of just blocking one tiny, trying to pick, you know, oh. put your finger in one tiny spot, doesn't, does, is just things just are going to roll right around it. So that's... Uh, Time to start so buying stock in Vietnamese companies, Mark. It's going to lead to, yeah. Interesting. But so you're, I mean, yeah, just like if it were, let's say, um, let's just use the United States as an example. If we, if they were to do that to us, then all the American companies would do is they would take their companies and build manufacturing plants in Canada or in Mexico, exactly. which is what they're already exactly. doing anyway. So it needs to be uh, broadened. Maybe we do entire, all of Asia. Let's just do a 50% tariff on everything that comes into the United States. Would that, that wouldn't fix the problem. I'm joking. But there's well, a... Go ahead. We, there was a good there was a good idea in Paul Ryan's uh, budget original tax cut proposal. The border mm-hmm. adjustment tax it was effectively a tax on all imports. That was a great idea, but it got shot down by large retailers who who like selling very cheap things made from overseas. And so, you know, given the political system where it's easy to block stuff, that the, you know the best solution for U.S. manufacturers was was taken off the table. 
That's interesting. That's interesting. I mean, you know, Paul Ryan and President Trump, I'm sure that they don't see eye to eye on everything. And he is definitely not in the same camp as some of the hardliners are. Would you agree? Oh, he's a free trader. Yeah, yeah. That's so, right. yeah, that kind of, yeah. yeah, the Republicans are up in arms. Uh, the, the traditionalists uh, over. Yeah. Over, uh, so they don't like this. Don't you think that isolationism is that a word? Yeah. Is negative for the economy overall? Sure. Yeah. Now, as, as an economist, I, they take my uh, degree away if I. <laughs> <laughs> right. It'd just be like if I were to block uh, you and I making an agreement, or me and all the people that I, in the same community I live in. It's it's a bad idea to sort of prevent transactions that people willingly would like to make now i will say this and i know we're running short on time with you and i want to thank you definitely but i do want to say that the the amount of exports from the u.s to china has actually increased significantly over the last several years am i on the right track there Yes. Uh, yeah, but they're they're also determined on the future. So we 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 sort of created a monster by get by being nice to them in the past. I think we, yeah. we they they uh, they are uh, an emerging world power. There's no question. Yeah, I mean they have more people than you could shake a stick at. I don't think that's the right way to say that. But they've got so many people over there. It's just unbelievable. You think that that New York is big? They've got twenty five, thirty cities the size of New York and bigger. But with that being said, we only have a short few seconds left and i do want to take time to thank dr devranco thank you so much for bringing in this great information sir glad to be here absolutely guys stick around we'll be right back Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray. I'm your host. I'm here with Mark Griffith, our producer, co-host extraordinaire. Adam's the real producer, but Mark has the title. Thank you guys so much for joining <laughs> <And> the money. <laughs> That's right. We are so thankful to have you. Uh, Dr. DeFranco just gave us some great information, dropped a lot of knowledge on us, and all, all of it was positive. Um, he gave us some warnings. He gave us some things to think about. He gave us some additional sort of landscape information, but overall, very, very, very positive information. And now we are segueing. We want to talk a little bit more um, for the mortgage side of things. Um, we're going to talk to Kim. Kim, Kim, you've been in, in the mortgage industry for some time. I mean, I, I you know, I a very know. long time. Yeah. I, and that's, that's thankfully, a thankfully, sure it is. Yep. Sure. It's important. I mean, uh, information um, over a long period of time turns into experience and you have some of that. So um, your commitment to the mortgage bankers of Tennessee um, that's something to really sort of take notice of because not everybody does that. Some people will do it and they'll short, sort of say, oh, I'm going to do it for a year. And then they get out of it. You know, are you speaking about yourself? No, 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 no. I was actually the president for two years. Well, we won't go into that. Um, and, and it's like it's something that's just very, very sort of, you know, time consuming. And and it takes one with a selfless attitude to get involved. Now you benefit because you can network and all of those things, but 
the Mortgage Bankers Association, Kim, is such a vital part of our industry, is it not? It, it really is, and it's becoming more and more important. I mean, we have now we have the Ten Pack, the Political Action Committee that we're raising funds for. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm on the board of directors of the Tennessee Mortgage Bankers Association, and um, we're growing that kitty, if you will, to help us with. Uh, we have a lobbyist, Tony Thompson, mm-hmm. Fred Thompson's son, who works with. Tennessee mortgage. So it is very, very important to get active. But, you know, being involved with it, too, is a way I've been around for 25 plus years in the industry. It's just a way to give back. Well, you know, it's just it's it's I have to do this. You had to do that. You know, right. So, yeah, it's exciting. And I mean, I got a little gold pin because I give my money to a 10 pack. I mean, it's it's a great organization because, look, folks. For you out there that are listening and you're a loan officer or you're affiliated with, you know, there's people that are out there watching these bills as they are produced and as they are getting placeholders in the state, you know, uh, representatives might throw something out there that could affect our jobs and our economy. And so that's what it helps. And you guys go out and you literally go out and lobby for the benefits of, of our industry, right? Yeah. The biggest complaint, I think, back you know 2008, we were talking about that, was that we didn't have a voice. Hmm. You know, the realtors seemed to have a, a greater voice, but we really didn't have a voice. Right. So that's why it's so important to, to get involved now. Right. And yeah. actually, there's a day on the Hill today in Nashville. Wow. Tony Thompson and the board and... And our, representatives our senior there. vice president, Steve Smith, is there. Is there. He's always there. He's always there. He is a gem. He has helped us so much throughout the years. Do you know Randy McNally? I don't. He is the um, lieutenant governor of the state of Tennessee. Just as an FYI. Probably should know that. <laughs> That's all right. He just took, he, he just took Ron Ramsey, who was uh, the, the lieutenant governor for, gosh, for a long time. And uh, is, that, was that, is that his name, Ramsey? Yeah. So, um, but McNally... Mr. McNally, I guess Randy McNally, um, he was our very first guest on the Housing Hour. Oh, wonderful. Very, very first guest. It was even before yeah, Mark this started. this is pre-executive producer. <laughs> That's exactly. This is a pre-Adam. <laughs> but when you go on the day on the Hill, I, I really enjoyed going because you were able to go meet with some of the key stakeholders. And it's an important piece of our job because we have to watch out. We Somebody has to, to be there to monitor these folks. But as an industry also for cohesiveness and for the end client, they they really need a, a healthy um, mortgage uh, market, and not just that, but for us as a lender, as a lending institution, there's information that's so important. And you guys have a, a convention that you do. We do. And it's actually coming up. Yeah, yeah, it's coming up next month. So it's um, the Great River Mortgage Bankers Conference. Mm-hmm. So it's it's exciting. We actually have four states. They come together. Mm-hmm. We have the states of Tennessee, Arkansas, Mississippi, and Missouri mm-hmm. come together. This year, it's April 9th through the 11th, always in Memphis mm-hmm. and always at the Peabody. Oh, that's awesome. And it's exciting. And it's jammed packed this year. Workshops. You got Okay. People. So, yeah. We'll start, you know, there's a golf tournament at Colonial Country Club in Memphis, which is, if you're a golfer, that's, that's Mark, a nice Mark's a big golfer. Mm-hmm. He needs to go. Uh, we have continuing education, which mm-hmm. I'm teaching this year. For the, the realtors class. and the no, This is just for the loan originators. Okay. We, we invite the realtors to come to the convention, but this is just the CE course for the LOs. We mm-hmm. also have a day-long LO training, if you will. And this is new this year. This is something mm-hmm. that we've added. Um, first part of the day is a trainer, are you smarter than an underwriter? And the second part of the day uh, is kind of it. a rev it up, you know, go from zero to $100 million in production. Yeah. The experts. And so that we added that this year. We added also a women's event, which ArchMI, our company, is sponsoring this year. And it's 
just for the ladies. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, talking about women, women in the workplace. And, and that's fun with a panel of speakers. Um, the conference itself, we've got keynote speakers, Dr. Deborah Jasper. She's re- going to join us again. She was talking about uh, the digital world and competing, you know, in a connected world and, you know, what savvy companies are doing today to kind of earn the client's attention. It's so hard, right? Mm-hmm. She's brilliant. We also have, I'm very excited about bringing in Mitch Kiter. Mm-hmm. He is the chairman and managing partner of Weiner Brodsky Kiter. You guys probably know him best as lead counsel for PHH and the PHH versus the CFPB. That was a big, yeah, that was a big deal. And we need to get him on the show. Yeah. Oh, he would be fantastic. He's going to give us an update on the case. I was going to talk to a little bit about just regulatory issues, what's what's current, and get us up to speed on that. We also have a gentleman by the name of James Kane. He's a loyalty expert. Have you guys ever talked to a loyalty expert? Uh, no, but no. I, I, I kind of see where you're going with that. Uh, well, he's going to kind of, he doesn't it with humor, but kind of takes us through the human brain and where the source of loyalty is and how, mm-hmm. you know, we form relationships and how to sustain them, more importantly. Um, so we've got, he's coming in as a keynote speaker. And finally, we're going to wrap it up at the end of the conference with Frank Abignall. Mm-hmm. And I pray I'm saying his name correctly. Um, con man turned crime stopper. Mm. You guys ever heard of yeah. Stop Me If You Can? Absolutely. Okay. Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. My favorite. Great, yeah, great movie. Very He's good coming movie. in. Um, Is that actually him? It's actually him. That's him? That's him. Yep. That's, that's him. That's Leonardo? No, that's he not, did not Leonardo did not age well. Yeah. We just think it's him. He could be somebody else. We're That's just not incredible. sure right now. That is really cool. <laughs> this is one of my favorite movies and favorite books. So it's good. So he was the best-selling author, and he was actually the subject of that. And he wrote the book movie. "The Art of the Steel." That's br- I mean that is brilliant. Yeah. I don't think that was somebody else. Wasn't it? <laughs> no, Art of the Steel. He that, did. That, that's his book because the Art of the Deal, our yes. president wrote. And then he, that is really smart because what better thing for a mortgage and title company and is so relevant right now because you have people out there, guys, if you didn't know this, Adam, I don't know if you knew this, but there are people out there trying to, to con you out of your money. (laughs) I know that that's, I mean, Adam does it every week to us, but seriously, (laughs) in all seriousness, there are people that are trying to hack our email, which we have the tightest email we have a very very good it department and we're very strong with security but then there's there's title companies that are out there and these these hackers that are wherever are trying to infiltrate the email systems and find um borrowers and clients that might believe that you are not you know a person who you say you are i mean they're they're trying to come in and say hey wire your money to this account it's just a big deal so i i'm very glad that you've got leonardo coming yes but we're glad he's coming as well <laughs> absolutely and then you go back going back to james um uh, the gentleman who's the renowned loyalty expert um i think that that's going to be actually a great yeah talk i think that would be really because really what he's talking about is how to build not just i mean because you, you think about our industry everybody thinks oh it's just b to c you know uh, it's really not B2B, which is business to business, is really a huge focal point for loan officers because they're trying to call on realtors. Right. So you have to learn what that looks like, what that means. B2C, yes, that's important too. Loan officers are one of the few people that really, and you're one of them as well, that you, well, you maybe not so much B2C, but you're definitely B2B, that yeah. loan officers have to deal with both. So that's really, really great that he's going to be there. And then uh, Michael Kider, or Mitchell Kider, rather, um, he is defending 
uh, PHH? Is that what we're he's talking He's lead about? counsel for PHH, correct. And he's able to come in and share on that? I mean, that's pretty cool. He's flying in from Washington, D.C. Yep, he is. Because folks, accepted it, right away. if you are a small lender or medium-sized lender or even somebody our size, you want to get somebody there to listen to what he has to say because it's important because they're the CFPB and the regulatory agencies, because they're starting to lose their grip of the power. I think that there's going to be a lot of deregulation and they've already, you know, the, uh, the Senate already passed new legislation that's going to go to the House. Um, undoing some of Dodd-Frank is some important measures that will ultimately make it less expensive for the consumer and transitional licensing and all that. He is, this gentleman is going to be on the forefront of the fight against big the big government um, agencies. Kim, I think I cut you off before you had, a, did you have anything else you'd like to share? No, no. I just, you know, invite people to come, go to the website. How do they find it? www.greatrivermba.com. Kim Miller with ArchMI, Mark Griffith, Adam, our host. Thank you guys for joining us for another episode of The Housing Hour. See you next week. That's The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray for today. Join Kevin and his guests each week at this time to keep up with the why and why not you need to know, so come here to find out. Also, check us out at thehousinghour.com. This show is presented by Mortgage Investors Group.